Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever and whenever you have to be watching or listening to us in the great wide world brought together by the internet. We are the last three guys to do a podcast. Took last week off. Now we're back here on this Father's Day uh, here on the June, and we're doing Zoom because I am right now in my mother's house in Henderson, Nevada. And Daniel, he was on vacation. He's back. And of course, Leon is here as well. A lot of stuff going on as the NBA and the NHL finals reach their crescendo. And Daniel and I were right. We both picked Denver in five games. And Denver indeed won in five games. So the Nuggets finally getting the due that they that they have been lacking all season long. Um, guys... I think they were really the last team standing in this. And it's just a shame that we we really didn't have much of a story with the Nuggets because they just got overshadowed. But at the end, they're the ones coming up on top. Yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead, Leon. You can keep right up. Right. I, I like to say, um, first of all, congratulations to the Nuggets on winning the old school way. I'm talking about good old-fashioned DMing and chemistry. They didn't have a plethora of 10 superstars on one team, three players getting paid the max, no bench. You know, it was just 100% authentic winning. We haven't seen a win like this. This this brings back to the days of the San Antonio Spurs winning. You know, with the Spurs, they put together a great team. A homegrown point guard. Homegrown Manny Ginobili, homegrown Tim Duncan, and a solid supporting head. Oh, oh, and a homegrown Kyle Instead of just putting together teams and everything like that, it's just awesome. The AAU stuff, we just put together five good players and a coach that don't really know what he's doing, and just let him out right there and just win. Nah, that is it was good. Off, I, my, 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 my ass off to the Nuggets. They beat my team, but you know what? Because they beat my team. They just beat them. Yep. They came out and just beat their body. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see them get the respect. Now, I, I just want this. That, that, that paper you sent, that, that thing came down. It came down right there. I was like, oh, wow. As far as that, you know, we wanna, we're going to talk about that further. We're going to hit on that. Yeah, we're going to hit on that. But, and kudos to the Heat. Because though the Heat lost in the finals, this right here was the second finals they lost in three years. So that means that the acquisition of Jim Duggan has paid dividends for him. Because it's safe to say that they would not have gotten two finals in three years without Jim Duggan. Yeah. And I'm talking about it just didn't make any sense on paper of them even getting to the finals this year. It just didn't make any sense. Them being an AC, them coming to the play-in tournament, and then coming off and just upsetting the apple cart in such a fashion. So... The Heat have nothing to be ashamed of. They just were just simply a great, they, they were a great team. They got beat by an even greater. It was just their time. You know, so that, that's my take on that. Yeah, and you got, you got Jokic and Murray. Uh, they are now probably in the conversation for one of the, probably the best uh, one-two combination in the, in the Western Conference, or if not in the league. So you say no superstars. Well, they would say, hey, we have superstars. It's just that no one's paying any attention to these guys because, you know, everyone's paying attention to the Lakers. 
to the to the Suns, to the Warriors, to the Kings, all those guys. And now it's finally Denver's turn in the spotlight. And I hope that next season we'll get more Nuggets games. We'll get more Nuggets stories for the for for the season because they certainly deserve it. Absolutely. Um, well said. And, and listen, they're going to be pretty good in the years to come. They've got their core four. Uh, Jokic, Murray, uh, I believe Porter Jr. is part of it. And I think Gordon, all of those are good until 2025. I think the only person that they're going to worry about is bringing back is Bruce Brown, if I'm not mistaken, um, from the guys who were on that run. Of course, it's 13, 14 guys, but we only talk in Denver's rotation. Listen, just to kind of piggyback off of what Breon was saying and, and how things went in terms of the path of both of these teams getting to the finals. We're talking about the Nuggets and the Heat. We start with the, we start with Miami. You're right. Listen, if they don't lose to the Atlanta Hawks, we could be talking about something else different. And that was seemed to be the and, and wait a minute. Talking something completely different. They struggled down the stretch against Chicago in that AC game. Yeah. And somehow pulled it off, right? And so now they're lined up at the eight. Atlanta's the seven. Atlanta took Boston the six. But uh, just a, a gentleman sweep of a number one seed of the best team in the NBA. That's just as good as heard of us in terms of record wise. I, I think Milwaukee ended with the best record over Denver. But that was just astonishing to me. And then, you know, you go to the next round, and it's like, okay, this is an upstart next game. I think a lot of people expected Miami to win that series, but not five like they did. They dominated the first ten, the first ten of their uh, of their playoff games. They were 8-2 in those games. They get to the East Finals, they meet Boston. So they were going to either meet Boston in the first round, or they were going to either meet Boston in the conference finals. They were going to run into each other regardless. Then, up three games to none, we're sitting at the table uh, on the Sunday broadcast, uh, on that Sunday broadcast talking about the heroics of Derek White. And we had just jumped completely off that Miami gravy train because there was no way you lose a game like that in game six and then possibly come back for game seven and do and, and, and be up and ready for a game in Boston. But they weren't. And they just destroyed Boston in game seven. It, it was unbelievable. And, and then you get to the finals and, and you look at Denver. Denver is going to sweep over Minnesota. We, I, listen, I was one of them. I was on Phoenix's gravy train. We're going to talk about Phoenix in a minute, but I was on the Phoenix train. Right? <laughs> and look, anytime you got Durant, Paul, Aiden, and Booker, you, you can't lose that series. Denver, Denver won in six. And then, of course, uh, I mentioned Leon's Lakers, of course. I, I think in that particular setting, Denver was just a much better team than the Lakers were, even though they don't have one of the greatest players of all time. And Anthony Davis was just outclassed by Nikola Jokic. But Nikola Jokic outclassed everybody in his path. Absolutely. You get to the finals, and now you've got these two teams. 
immediately. And, you know, when you look at it, it was time to stop really. It was time to start putting respect on Denver's name. They weren't the number one seed for anything. And you had to go up and say, hey, okay, against this Heat team with no Tyler Hero, they've got to get they've got to get something out of Jimmy Butler every game. And maybe, you know, it, that's how the Heat will probably even stay alive in the series. Well, they got game two, but every other game, really, Jimmy Butler was did not play well. You can and you can say it was an ankle, it was that ankle injury that was bothering him, but still he didn't play well. The guys who did play well in that seven game series, Vincent, Struce, uh, I forgot the other guy's name. Those guys didn't step up. Duncan Robinson, those guys didn't play well in the games that were needed. And you forced Bam out of bio to play both sides of the ball. Because he had to bang with Nicole Jokic. And he had to go and get corners. And listen, the supporting cast of Miami just got out play. And mind you, the first two or three games of the series, Denver support cast didn't play well. And guess what? You allowed for them to step up in games four and five. Aaron Gordon had 27 points in that game. Crazy. In that game four game. And in game five, it was bad. They had to put him away. And Butler didn't play well down the stretch in that game. Yeah. So it, it was, this was, this was a Nikola Jokic playoff. He was sensational. This was a, a, a Denver Nuggets team that I'm telling you, if they add, if they keep adding pieces to the team, they could be the next Golden State. Yeah, that's a, we're going to see, I, like I said, um, a few teams come to mind about the way this team works. One is, I'm going to go with my team, 2010 Lakers. I'm talking about authentic. Lakers only have really one real superstar with um, Kobe Bryant with a great supporting cast, the Paul Gasol, uh, Metaboro Peace, Derek Fisher, you, you, you know the rest. Yeah. Okay? And I say that because they beat a star-studded Boston Celtics team. Three Hall of Famers. You know, you know, you know the story. Now, a big example of the way this team won, and I'm not saying they beat a star set of Miami team, but Miami same thing. You know, this, this finals features zero players that made all NBA first team. That's not I, we haven't seen that in quite some time. Right. This reminds you of how the Dallas Mavericks won the finals back in 2011. That was just a well put together team. They beat a team with about three Hall of Famers, some of Fox, Wade, and LeBron. Just good, just, just good old fashioned, just, just a good old fashioned GM. Yep. Will this now? Will this hold up next year? I don't know, because we have a Memphis team that I, that is totally teed off about how they lost uh, last year the playoffs. Um, which we'll be talking about Memphis later on the show. I believe you have a. Sacramento team that's going to get better. Um, I think Golden State is kind of like, you know, they're, they're on the slide. I believe that their front office is going to stand for about one more early playoff exit. And then I, I believe it's going to be time for Clay to start going in separate ways. Um, one, quick, oh, quote, one quick thing, Leon, that I want 
two issues you guys before I did, and I'm gonna let you get back to your point. I don't know if y'all realize this, but 13 out of the last 14 years, either the Miami Heat or Golden State Warriors have been in the NBA Finals, yet they have not played each other yet. I found that to be an interesting take, and when I think about it, I'm like, wow, that's right. The only year that they weren't in the Finals, that neither one of those two were in the Finals was, of course, when Milwaukee beat Phoenix Mm -hmm. in 2021. I found that to be a, a, a crazy stat by by. Go ahead, Leo. So, I think it's in Um, So, we, there, there's a lot of teams that are on the rise in the West. And with the Lakers, you know, we got LeBron getting older. So, yeah. he can no longer sit in that defensive chair to guard a, uh, someone like a Darren Fox. Mm-hmm. Like a Darren, the, yeah, that's a, that's a tall, that's a tall order. Yeah. Yeah. And you look at it, you got players like Aaron Fox, you got Java Rand. Jamal Murray didn't make part, he wasn't a, Jamal Murray made first team all NBA with anybody good. Just a shot of both. Right. And he came through and just broke the bench of that court across the league. I haven't seen a point guard go through a chair through a conference like this since. Really? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Leon, I think you muted you muted your mic. Yeah, we had this problem with Leon last time. <laughs> so Leon muted his mic. He's got to unmute it right when he right right when he's in the middle of a very good rant. And so we caught off Leon in mid-rant, and as soon as he gets his mic back on, he will continue with that rant uh, right where it left off. And Leon's mic still is being muted. I'm John Morgan with Daniel and Leon. All right, looks like Leon's mic is finally back on. Well, this is our first of two sessions here from Henderson and and Atlanta. All right, Leon, your mic is back on. You are in mid-rant. So we now return to Leon's rant. Previous, uh, previously scheduled. We haven't seen it. Uh, we haven't seen a a a, 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 a point guard set conference on fire since Ray John Rondo or Jameer Nelson two thousand nine. Uh huh. I mean, to go to go up in archives like that. So if these if these guys, Ray John Rondo, you know, he's not. I don't even think Ray John Rondo he may or may not go to Hall of Fame. Jameer Nelson may or may not go to Hall of Fame. But people like him and Jamal Murray, they just they just went on tear. And who knows? Jamal Murray may, may or may not make first team all year next year. We don't know. They just shot a pro. And that's all that's necessary. And that's all that's necessary to really win this game. I think the NBA needs to go back to that. Okay. Go ahead, John. No, uh, no go ahead, Daniel. You're good. No, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great point. So, let me ask y'all this. I mean, Leon, you bring up a, a great point. Is this going to be tougher for Denver next season? Yeah. 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 Because you think that, well, for, for one, the West is loaded. And, yeah. you know, the offseason moves really haven't started yet in the Western Conference. But, we're, you know, of course, we're going to see how that's going to go, of course. And, of course, the draft is next week. And the draft is Thursday. And we already know what Wimber Niamh is on. Yes. But, um, yeah. So it's, and then there's going to be a lot of trade talks. 
uh, draft night, I, I've heard Damian Lillard's name come up a lot for Thursday night and, and him possibly being out of Portland. But I, I just wonder what, what Portland is actually asking for in return for that. That's a big story, though. Yeah, and, you know, at the end of the day, so we've been seeing, speaking of trades, right, they're, they're finalizing the Bradley Beal trade to um, Phoenix. That may or may not be enough. It may or may not be enough. Because, I mean, Phoenix had Kevin Durant and Jimmy Butler. And they got put down. I mean, yeah, they hit not Yeah. Devin Booker. Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. I mean, they had Chris Paul, but, you know, Chris Paul, unfortunately, at this point in his career, had a hard time making it through an 18 game series down playoffs. Um, and Denver got rid of him anyway. Just good old fast points off. They're going to, you're going to have to go down. If you want to beat Denver, mm-hmm. you're going to have to get down to the X's and O's of everything. Meaning, you're going to have to get a defensive minded point guard. Yep. You know, and I, I mean, or someone, I, I don't think Patrick Beverly can stop at this point in career can stop, uh, can stop a Jamal Murray or a Jamal Murray type. I don't think that there exists in NBA right now a good old-fashioned defensive minor point guard right now. Or someone can stop that level. Who, who can stop that? Not, not 94 feet. Like who, could, who can really be a, in the way? Jamal Murray from 94 feet. There's no answer. It, it, I, it was smart at first. I, I, Smart would have been the closest one. Closest one. That's it. That, I mean, outside of Marcus Smart, I would say, you know, unfortunately, Lonzo Ball got hurt. And I, I think the NBA career yeah. may be in jeopardy. And that's because of his size. Yeah. 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 Like, he's a great defender, though. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to get down to the X's and O's. Ben Simmons is a great defender. Ben Simmons. Exactly. But you gotta get his can't get mind play defense. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's his problem. Right. This man is defenseless against you know what I mean? Like he's emotionally defenseless, but he's mm-hmm. if it, if Ben Simmons so he has to get his jump shot though. You know, but at the same time he's a defensive minded point guard. There's mm-hmm. not too many there's not too many point guards right now that can really beat each other up. Ninety four feet. Right. Not, and that's the only way that you're going to stop a player like Jamal Murray because if he sees a weakness in that defense, he's going to win like you. It happened to my team. Yes. No one on our team that can stop that dude. Yep. Just green, green light, green light, green light, green light. Green, you know, just. So, hmm. I, I thought that Jimmy Butler might have been able to stop him a little bit, but even Jimmy Butler, it, it just it, it didn't work out that Jimmy Butler tired out. And no one could even slow him down. He dominated everyone he was he was up against in the, in the in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Well, to Daniel's point, it very well could happen again. I, I, I like the way Denver's built. Yeah, me too. That's why that's why I garnered that question. I, mm-hmm. I thought that they were they were as good as they they were, and that core unit, if they could like bring some of those guys back or add some talent on, because listen, you can argue. That Bruce Brown, uh, KCP, and Aaron Gordon probably deserve more money. Just like Austin Reed. No, I mean, really nobody saw 
put LeBron James that Austin Reed could be as good as he was. And now he's possibly in line for a four-year, $100 million contract and could be playing off the bench. Like, that's that's just astonishing to me. Yeah, I, I like Achimura. I like Austin Reed, but um, <laughs> we're, we're going to need some type of backcourt player to offset that which we're going to encounter in the playoffs. Right. You know, because, like I said, the Aaron Fox is going to get, is getting better. Yes. John Morant is going to get, is only getting better. Right. Um, who else? Jamal Murray has arrived. Dane Lillard is still playing in the Western Conference as far as we know. <laughs> you know, they had to get a team. I don't know if it's the you have the you have the situation going on in OKC. They're just going to get better, and I don't I don't want to count out what's going on with the Pelicans. They may or may not arrive. I don't know if that's just, I don't know if they just missed missed Greyhound bus to success. Well, Zion Williamson has only played twenty nine games in his NBA career. Right, and twenty nine games in whole in whole career. Twenty nine games, and that's this year. Because remember, he missed all of last year. That injury, and so yeah, twenty nine games is all Zion could get this year. They have to figure out something. They have to figure out an answer. They have to figure out a way to get this guy going and, and to get him motivated to want to be an NBA star. Because Zion Williamson, listen, marveled over him at Duke, marveled over him in high school. Man, came out of Spartanburg. <laughs> I marveled over this guy. And it's like, I get it, you're hurt. You're in a sport where it's, you know, you pull quad muscles and tear Achilles and you do all that stuff. But you have to keep yourself healthy. And there's ways that you can do that, and he wasn't contributing to that. It's almost like, man, do you really want this? Do you really want this? Or do you really want to? Just be the guy that's always sitting on the bench with your clothes on, with yeah. your street clothes on. Turn them out to the glorified fan. To the glorified fan. Yeah. <laughs> they can see the team with the team. They're paying him to watch the game. They're paying him to watch the game. Hey, listen. Get it how you can, bro. Get it that way. Who, who, who on this panel would not want to? Hey, for just watching the game. Exactly. Watching the game. Well, that's what we do, Daniel. When you and I go on the road for NFHS Network and Reinhardt, we are being paid to watch a game and give our opinions about it. Yeah, exactly. Hey, what is that? Hey, what is that? You got the inside track. Well, again, two words Greg Oden. Greg Oden. Yes. Almost like a Ty Gurley situation with his knee kind of generous. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Greg Oden. I thought Greg Oden, I didn't think he was going to be the next chef, but I think he, I thought he was going to be like the next great big man coming out of Ohio State. And man, his knees yeah. did not like him. <laughs> yeah, so, that team with him and Brandon Roy. Yeah. He had a chance to be an all-time great shooting guard, man. His knees, yeah. uh, knees or ankles, one of those, one of those that was really giving some problems. 
But, yeah, but, it's, all, it's all that excessive junk, you know. When you're, when, like, like Derrick Rose, for example. Like, when you're, you're like six feet, six feet tall, vertical, 45 inches plus, 82 games, you know, dunking like a shack. That, that's not that too much that that's too much impact. Um the only player that never that was going kamikaze style and have had a long career like that playing the point guard position, Russell Westbrook. Yep. Since his men in you know, and yeah, as I said, I think Russell Westbrook is a workout machine. Yes. You, you, you might question his style of play, but you're not gonna question his effort. Yeah, like I say, it, he's one of three guys. That when you when you when they got the ball in their hand, it was like a bull that saw red, and that was <laughs> Michael Jordan. No yep. pun intended. Uh, Kobe, Kobe Bryant, Bryant right? <laughs> so yeah, those three guys. Anytime they had the ball in their hand, you're like, oh my goodness, he about to. He done already said this two possessions ago. He was about to get it to you when he got the ball. He already knew. That you was going to protect. Like, it's just um, amazing to me with that. But we talk about we, we talk about Chris Paul. We talk about that trade. Yeah, the Bradley Be- Bradley Beal going to Phoenix. Is it is it almost like the teams in the East are just kind of picking? I'm sorry, the teams in the West are picking on the carcasses of the teams in the East. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like it, right? Yeah, it looks like it. And, and Beal was one of the guys that was signed up and. He was the first name that came up, and I knew Washington was trying to get rid of him. Well, not get rid of him in that light, but just kind of let him part ways with the team. And what I'm seeing from Washington is that they look like they're trying to rebuild. Now, it is reported that Chris Paul was headed to Washington, but since then, um, according to uh, TNT's Facebook, they're talking about rerouting Chris Paul and rerouting the trade. Ah. Sending him possibly to the Clippers. Uh, which, depending on what what Chris Paul we get, that could be a good thing because the Clippers needed a point guard, just like the Lakers. They needed a point guard as well. They needed to set off Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, but just like the Pelicans, right? I think this year, Kawhi Leonard and uh, Paul George only played 30 games out of an 82 so they really haven't had a chance to be on the court because they've been hurt. Right. Well, no, you know, if Chris, it could be interesting. Go ahead. If Christopher gets sent to the Clippers, mm-hmm. you run the risk by game 40, Kawhi, Paul George, and Christopher mm-hmm. on the bench in street clothes. This is our thing today. Yeah. Injuries. Yep. Oh, Leon is, uh, Leon is muted. No, Leon muted himself again. And at least, at least he's not in mid-rant. Yeah. So while we get Leon back on, uh, the thing, also you're talking about the Grizzlies. Well, again, John Morant, he's going to be out for the first 25 games of next season because of that suspension that was levied. By the NBA, Grizzlies said, "You know what? We're okay with that." And I think, and publicly, Jaws saying all the right things. Uh, so, so what will that do to the Grizzlies' efforts for next season? Um, well, they 
either going to have to, I, I mean, I think with, with whatever they do, well, first off, they're trying to get rid of Dylan. They, they don't want any more Dylan books. Yeah. Right, so let's just slide that clear. So, are they going to try to fill in somebody for John Moran? I don't think his shoes can be filled, especially when he's out there on the court. He's one of the most explosive players in the NBA. Do I think it was a it was a, a, a great suspension? I do. I, well, not a great suspension, but I think it was fair. Now the MLB, now the the. Uh, MBPA, the Players Association, they don't think it was. And that's okay because I think everybody can say, everybody can have an argument. Like, Leon has an argument about it. I think I, I would have an argument about it, and other people would. But the argument is was this based on merit or contract, break, uh, breakdown in contract, or, or, uh, a breakdown in, in the policy, in the league policy by Moran? Or was this a teaching moment for Josh? Which sometimes in life, you have to have that. That's why I'm not, I wasn't too pressed when they gave him a 25 game suspension. I honestly thought that Adam Schultz was, was, was actually showing him mercy because I thought that going to get like a half season. I think, John, you and I were thinking that it was going to be half season. Yes. They didn't do that. They said 25 games this year. No, he probably, he's probably going to appeal it or he's probably going to try to get the suspension reduced. But I, I think it was a good move. I, I do. I do. And I think it was because it's a teaching moment. You're still the face of the league and you have to have that teaching moment to show your player, hey, look, man, we love you and we need you in this league. But sometimes what you have to do with somebody who loves a, a, a game so much, what did you do? Take it from them. Right. Like, it's like you got your you got your uh, your kid that likes to play uh, PlayStation and Nintendo Switch all the time, but he comes home, he ain't doing his own way. What are you going to do? First thing you'll do is take the, the one thing that he loves so much other than homework, <laughs> take away, <laughs> take away his game console. That's all they really did with John Moran. They took away his love of basketball. Yeah, but but the um the, the player association they're going to have to appeal this one because under Section Nine, Article Six of the CBA, players are prohibited from possessing a firearm or any kind of numerous settings, including whenever a player is traveling. On any NBA related business, yep. whether on behalf of the behalf of the players team or NBA injury related um, entities. Well, that Second, that's what got him in trouble the first time. That particular clause. Very valid. He was in trouble. He broke the rules. He could have got twenty five games. Then they should have. Right. Yeah. Okay. He should have. There's no. There's no argument. Yeah. Second, and it really could have turned up a little higher because how do you get the gun in Denver? Mm-hmm. You want to know that? Do you have a five? Do you have an arm dealer in Denver that you're going to play a game with? Exactly. Yes. Where did you possess that? Where did you speak on the plane, bro? They could have, they could have, they could have dropped that. That's actually a crime. Okay? But they yeah. left him alone because he's a, he's a cast out the league. All right. The second time, though, the second time, it says the NBA is very clear.
clear in Senate. Even players who have a gun permit are not allowed to carry a firearm in team playing stadiums, arenas, or press facilities. While there is no blanket ban of players owning guns, there's no blanket ban of players owning guns. They are required to inform teams that they have firearms. He didn't break any rules on the second time around. He didn't break rules. He was just happened to be in his private time with his friends. I'm worth a hundred thousand, a hundred billion dollars, bro. I got it on me. Ain't nobody running up on me. I'm sorry. And everybody knows too. <clears throat> and it's not against the law. That's where they can appeal that too, because you don't want you, you don't want to make make it to the point where you set a precedent in which we could suspend you based on if we like you or not. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Now for for his sponsors, that's up to them. You know, that, that, that's completely up to them. That's up to the sponsors. So if they feel that, hey, we're not really comfortable with someone who's flashing firearms on social media representing a brand, hey, I don't know what to tell you, my, um, bro. I, I, I just don't. That's up to them. You know what I'm saying? But as far as the NBA is concerned, the first time around, he broke his EP. Because I said they could have locked him up for that. They could lock him up for that. That's facts. But the second time around, uh, he, didn't, he didn't really kind of, you know, it, it wasn't a good look, but he didn't really break his rules on that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we could. It's just that he was under so much scrutiny after the first one. Yeah, yeah. And then to immediately yeah. go around, it's it's like okay, he didn't learn, he didn't learn anything from the first one. And as Daniel once, and as Daniel pointed out the last time we were talking about this, it was all it was all could have been avoided if someone had just not pressed live. Exactly. Go live. Nobody would have never known. Right. Even the league wouldn't have never known. Yep. But the fact that the league knew, they were saying, okay, you know what? Enough is enough. Especially after you apologize. Right? The first time. You apologize the first time, and then a month later, or a month and a half later, you're doing the same stuff. Yeah. It's just not a good look, you know. And um, It's, it's not a good look. I understand that. It's just, it's just not illegal. It's not a good look. Just not illegal. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. No, but a, a lot of players get suspended and don't do what people say. You, you, you see what I mean? Like you can get suspended for fighting. <laughs> you know. The, now the balance at the palace, everybody should have been legally charged <laughs> in that situation. But yeah, when you when you have scenarios like that, I mean, there are things that a, a lot of these guys are suspended for. If I I mean, even their team suspended him. Mm-hmm. So he showed up. He did not show up. He was a no call, no show practice. He suspended for one game. Coach Malone or Coach Foley or somebody would do that, you know, because you're not following. Now, see, you have to follow league and team policy. Yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, that it's just a real touchy subject when dealing with the United States and firearms. Mm-hmm. Especially in the state of Tennessee, which is one of the most liberal states when it comes to protecting firearms. I mean, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I said you have to want to get to that point to where yeah. you're focusing, like, whatever, whatever's going on on the basketball court, that's fine. You go to rule on the basketball court, what you're saying, the basketball is fine. But if you're doing things that are, you know, that actually step out of jurisdiction, jurisdiction of basketball and now you're getting into a political realm or you're getting into a uh to uh dealing with the courts and all that stuff that's where it's like oh my goodness 
what are we doing? What are we doing? And it was like you mentioned, Leon, that that's what it is. And that's what you never want to get into. Right. And now Daniel. Oh, no, Leon lost his camera again. Just said Daniel got moved up to the right. All right, well, while we let, while we let Leon get back in, the get, get back in, uh, let's talk a little NHL. Again, the Stanley Cup playoffs, they're over as well. And Las Vegas Golden Knights, they are the winners. A gentleman's sweep over the Florida Panthers, 4-1, to one, a five-game series. Uh, yesterday, there was the championship parade in downtown Las Vegas, down Las Vegas Boulevard. Again, I'm in Henderson, I'm about 20 miles away uh, with my mom. I didn't go. I was just, you know, staying, staying with my mom and my dog. Saw the dog a little bit earlier. She's just sleeping. My mom's outside now. Uh, so, all right, Leon's back in. We're just, as, as we were talking a little hockey, uh, kind of the same thing. Uh, here's Las Vegas, six years in the lead. They are Stanley Cup champions. And a headline in today's um, Las Vegas Review Journal. I'm going to post it up. Welcome to the Mecca of Sports. Is what it says. Las Vegas is now positioning themselves. I mean, six years in the league, boom, they got a Stanley Cup title. And you know what they did it in in a way that Florida actually were doing things. Florida was bullying everybody, and that was that was the crazy part about it. Um, Vegas actually turned that around on them, and they understood that that was a, that's what they were trying to do, and. Vegas, when you look at them, they pass so crisp. Their line changes are like on point, and they got four guys who can score, including including Jack Eichel, who I talked about a couple of weeks ago. Right. So, and what a what a, a way to kind of restart a very young career for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you head out to Vegas and you get a title with them, but you know they're well coached as well, and. Florida, Florida, it was like the Miami Heat, right? Eight seed. Man, I had Boston winning it the whole way. And then they beat them. They beat Boston. And then they just ran through the, the West of the Eastern Conference. So it was, it was like, wow, this is, this is something. This is amazing. This Florida thing. It, nobody expected them to go this far. They were supposed to be out of four games <laughs> in the first round. And they, they didn't do that, but you know, kudos to them, but the, that's Las Vegas thing. They're fun. Uh, you can tell they have a lot of fun from their victory parades. <laughs> but, yeah, they, they were fun to watch. Very tough team. It's hard to repeat it, to repeat, but I'm telling you, if I had a team that could possibly repeat, it would be that Las Vegas team. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good... It's a good showing all the way around again. One thing Las Vegas knows how to do, it's party and celebrate. Yeah, they do. And you know, just just had that parade down down Las Vegas Boulevard, and of course they do it. <clears throat> excuse me, they do it at mid at uh you know dusk, uh because heck, temperatures hit 100, 110 yesterday, so they got to get it. They got to make sure they get it out of the main heat, the sweltering heat, and of course the taps are flowing pretty pretty profusely. Uh, you didn't have the episode where uh, Tom Brady throws the Lombardi Trophy in the harbor, um, like happened a couple of years ago. We didn't have anything like that. But still, that's going to be interesting to see where that Stanley Cup is going to is going to wind up here. Um, 
Now let's quickly turn it over to, let's see, I think we got about 15 minutes left. Let me just check that. Yeah, 20 minutes left. We got 20 minutes left. All right, let's uh, check it, swing it over to, I guess, College World This is what this is what I've always maintained. The College World Series has been um, is going on right now, and there's really is a two-week gap between the end of the College World Series and the start of football media days. So we're we're getting close in that in that presence of mind where football is getting close. It's on the horizon. You know, we can see it coming closer. Um, NFL camps are going to, like I said, they're going to start opening up in about a month. Uh, the OTAs are over. And it looks like the Falcons, you know, I, you know looks like the defense is, is will be coming around. It looks like the offense is going to be coming around. I like what I'm hearing about Bijan Robinson, the Falcons' uh, number eight pick overall from Texas, the running back, how they're going to use him and – uh, Tyler Allegheny as kind of a uh, as kind of a rotational as kind of a rotational back. They're not gonna th- they're not gonna make Robinson their immediate one thousand yard rusher right off the back. They know they have something good with Tyler Allegheny, and they're just gonna let him and Robinson kind of work their way into. It. I, I really like how Falcons plan to do that. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I think that they should do that. Um, and, and then you got that pass catching uh, element. It almost kind of you want this offense to almost kind of remind you of 2016, 2017 that came up with the Super Bowl and did you know what? <laughs> but that offense was probably one of the best offenses we had ever seen. Uh, Matt Ryan had thrown thirteen, had thrown a touchdown pass to thirteen different people. I think it was which yep. was an NFL record, and he was the MVP that year. Now listen. Not Matt Ryan on the center, it's Desmond Ritter. Now this is his first full year of getting uh, of having this team, right? Yep. So, and then when you add those elements, when you add Tyler Algiers, when you add uh, uh, B. John Robinson to the threat, and remember they they line B. John Robinson out in slot because he's also a great route runner to be a running back. And then of course you got London and you got Pitts. The question is, can we get the ball from? Mariota could not get the ball to, to Drake London right. at all. And so it, it kind of hurt their offense a little bit. But now they, they have the best offensive line in the division. They have arguably the best running back in the division. Now, they don't have the best quarterback tandem. I don't know if they have the best wide receiver tandem. But they got the best tight end in the division. So offensively, they're safe. And it shouldn't really be a problem. And, I, and I'm liking what I'm hearing about B. John Robinson, too. But, man, what did you expect? I didn't expect anything less at all. I want to hear something good out of the defense and see what they're doing. Because it's the defense that has been dead last in sacks the last five seasons or six, maybe. Right? So they have to get to the quarterback. And they have to make offenses scare them. And that's what we've been missing. Uh, for quite a while now, and, and hopefully we, we have an elite pass rusher. Hopefully we have developed an elite pass rusher. But we'll see. Well, if I'm the Falcons, I want to start out. I, I again, the the thing of it is, what, what you were saying is that Marcus Mariota could not throw the deep ball. He just couldn't do it. Uh, I don't know if Desmond Ritter can throw the deep ball, but what I want to see them, I want to see them start things off with a lot of short intermediary intermediary passes in that first game with the Saints. 
I want to see them go short. I want to see them just go five, three-step drop, five-step drop, hit your routes, hit your timing patterns, do that, build up your confidence, and then maybe down the line start airing it out. But let's at least try to get the short game going, the five yards and a cloud of dust, or technically three yards, but, you know, I want to – I just want to get some short routes going just so that the other team, in this case New Orleans, really really doesn't know and if really doesn't know and then maybe toward the end of the game, toward the end of the thing, maybe we'll send Drake London on a go route and see if Desmond can hit him. Yeah. Uh, Leon, you had anything to say? Uh, Leon can't hear. All right, well, his mic is working, so we'll... we'll... Yeah, you know, because when, when we talk about the mechanics of, of Ritter and the quarterback play, yeah, you do want to see that three-step drop, that five-step drop. You want to see if he can, if he can quarterback from under center. Yeah. And, and remember the one problem that a lot of scouts saw with Ritter when he popped into the tape is that he takes a lot of risk that, wouldn't, that he got away with in Cincinnati but won't get away with it in the pros. Right. So I, hopefully, as a, as a smart receiver, he can do that. He can, I'm sorry, as a smart quarterback, he can make that happen. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I just, I just, want, to, I just want to see him brought along slowly. Uh, the Falcons obviously liked, what he, obviously liked what they saw in those, first, in those last four games to give him this chance. Uh, Tyler Heineke is the uh, backup. And you know, the Falcons seem pretty pretty confident with those two. They're they're pretty happy with those two heading into camp. So we're not going to see much of that. And again, Ty, uh, Heineke is a very competent backup. He's got the Atlanta connections from Collins Hill High School, so he's going to so he'll the fans will be on his side. Um, it's so I, I just think that with those um, situations, it's definitely setting themselves up to win. Uh, and again, the division, of course, also setting themselves up to win. And it just it just seems like a lot is going in the Falcons' direction, the Falcons' favor. I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, I just want I just don't want to see them do too much in that first game. Um, I want to see them kind of stay within their means, and I still think it'll be enough. As again, offense is always going to be the number one priority in this in this league. Uh, you're gonna have you, you know you're gonna have to win. You're gonna have to score 30 points a game to win to win it every week. So let's just let's just take it slow. Let's just see what you got. Don't do anything too much. And if you and if you come off big, great. Maybe then just start to uh, gradually kind of open things up. But let's let's see. and of course the thing of it is with the pregame with the pregame with the exhibition schedule. You know we're not gonna see Ritter that much because they they don't want to risk an injury. I, but, you know, I think in this case, let's see him go a, a full quarter, maybe a quarter and a half. Let's see that. I want to see him play, yeah, either a half. I mean, the thing is that what is Arthur Smith thinking? Is mm-hmm. this going to be a quarterback competition or is Ritter your guy? Are, are you coming in saying that? And, and really because of Heineke and his skill set and what he's been able to accomplish over at Washington, you actually, this actually probably does turn into that kind of situation where there is a quarterback competition. Now, does Ritter want that? Because, listen, it fell on his lap when when they benched Mariota. 
right? Right. And listen, if you want that, if you want it, come get it. And, and I think that's what Atlanta is saying. Uh, Arthur Smith puts people on notice in his speeches all the time. So, uh, listen, I I don't know what the buzz is about uh, Ritter. If it's a bad buzz, if it's a good buzz, what is it, right? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this. I, I think that Ritter can be as good as it gets. I mean, we haven't seen enough of them. We only saw them for, for the last four games of the year. I think with the talent around him, if everybody can make plays around him, he's got playmakers. But if they can make the necessary plays around him, I, I think Ritter will be pretty good. And I think this will be the guy that could probably steer us into the future. You think Ritter was just put into a bad situation, like a no-win situation for him? They're having to play behind Mariota, then he gets the nod, and then they go off and bring Heineken. Well, remember, Mariota basically gave up on the team as soon as they made the change. He said, you know what, I'm out of here. Which... And here's what happened as well. I, I mean, I remember last year when we, when, uh, we were doing our preview show, and I remember we were questioning well, how, how long is it going to take for us to see Desmond Ritter play. Here was the thing. Atlanta's, Atlanta was winning games, and they, at one point in time, led the NFC South. They beat that San Francisco 49ers team mm-hmm. that, was, that went to the NFC Championship. They had one of the best defenses and ran all over them. Now, a lot of those guys were hurt, but they ran for almost 300 yards in that game. And Mariota, I think, threw a couple of touchdowns, maybe. But because of what he does and, and with that uh the uh the play action, you know, I mean, it was working for him. It was working for him. And what do they say? When if you don't lose games, don't mess nothing up. Yeah. So it was Atlanta really caught in a situation to where Mariota and the Falcons, because the division was so god awful mm-hmm. They were still in it. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what place they were in, if they were in fourth this week and all three of the other teams lost, they were going to be in first place. So it was like, it, it, it was a, a, a yin and a yang choice. And, and then finally, the Pittsburgh game, I think that's where he lost the job. Yeah. He made a lot of careless mistakes because a lot of the losses weren't really on, on uh, Mariota. And, and this one, and I think it was like the first of, of two weeks where. Those losses were pinned on him because he made the mistakes at the end of the game. Right, right, all right, Dan. Uh, sorry, Leon. Uh, do you have anything else uh, you want to uh, want to add in? Because at least your mic is your mic is working now, so we got that fixed off. I mean, we didn't hear much of you from the hockey's, and he and his camera dropped. Okay, there he is. Uh, we didn't hear much from you from when we were talking a little hockey a little bit earlier. Do you have any comments about the Golden Knights winning? Uh, about how an expansion team six years out can go in and, and win the Stanley Cup. And, all right. I think we still have an issue with Leon's, I don't know if it's his speaker or is his microphone. It might be his microphone. I'm not his microphone, his speaker. Because um, I know he's, yeah, he can't, he can't hear. He can't hear. 
All right, well, I'm John Morgan with Daniel Bolton Leon Brown here on a Sunday of Father's Day. Again, this episode will drop on Tuesday or so here. And uh, again, it'll be wherever you get your favorite podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, iTunes, Pocket Cast, all over the Internet. And I want to thank all of you for paying attention to us and uh, downloading our our uh, efforts and our output. So it's been good. We're heading into the fall seasons. We're in the summer, which again, as, we're, as it's kind of fallow right now, College World Series going on right now. That is going to get stretched out. Uh, TCU just beat Virginia to eliminate the Cavs. So the Cavaliers are the first team out. Saw LSU pitch and um, Sheets, I think was his, is the, no, um, Oh, his name escapes me. Yeah, LSU, the LSU pitcher, who people are, who people are just uh, salivating over. Ske- Skeens, I think his name is. Paul Skeens. Um, got into a little bit of trouble again in their ball game, but LSU victorious in their game against Tennessee. Uh, uh, we hadn't had a chance. I don't think we had a chance to talk about the softball finals where Daniel's Florida State Seminoles uh, got swept by Oklahoma, but again, that's not really a surprise. I mean, the way I look at the way I look at Florida State, it's kind of like they won the national championship if Oklahoma wasn't around. Yeah, yeah. If, if Oklahoma somehow stumbled, listen, that softball program is as good as it gets, and it's probably gonna get better down the line. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's, I, I don't know when they're gonna pick up another loss. Okay, it's just. Yeah. If they have that stable and they have that coach coaching them, man, they're, they're going to be fine. But kudos to the Lady Seminoles uh, getting there. Uh, they were actually in it in game one. They were in the ball game, and then just like that, I think it was in the fifth inning, where Oklahoma got rolling and the bats got rolling. And right. Once their bats get rolling, they're very good at hitting consecutive hits on the mouth. Mm-hmm. Right? So if it's one out, they can get three straight hits. So they, they're they're really good at doing that. Um, yeah, listen, kudos to them, man. Like okay. they did a great job. I wasn't expecting them to to win a to win a game. I, I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, because Oklahoma is like we say when we talk about games, teams that are just that good. It's not that Florida State was that bad. It was just that Oklahoma was that good. And a and in news and notes category, another career that's coming to an end, not by his own choice, is Bob Huggins. He is going to be out at West Virginia as their head coach after a DUI uh, arrest on Thursday night. And so it looks like uh, Bob Huggins is going to be one of those coaches who's going to have to go back into um, image rehab and alcohol rehab, apparently. Uh, do you expect Bob Huggins to uh, come back and be a coach? I think he'll come back because there's always going to be someone who's going to want a coach of his caliber if he can get if he if he can put these issues behind him. The question is, how long does image rehab generally take? It takes eighteen months. Eighteen months, so about two seasons. Maybe. Nothing says I apologize like time away. Right. And he's sixty nine. Let's let's just Yeah, so I mean it's not It's not like he's Urban Meyer where well Urban Meyer's problem is he can't figure out if he if he's too sick, 
too creepy, uh, too drunk. I mean, Urban Meyer just can't quite figure out what is which vice he's going to go. He's going to go with. Right. I mean, that's 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 Urban's that's Urban's issue. Um. I mean, so I don't know. I don't know if we'll see him again, but yeah, I, I think it's a very interesting time for for Bob Huggins. So he's gonna. I mean, if it is alcohol, and if it is, if he does have an issue with it, I hope he gets the help he needs. It's good that he's gonna walk away from this, uh, although I don't think he's got much of a choice now. So he has to put himself in. But again, a DUI that's always very dangerous, very scary, um, very scary situation. So we wish him. All the best in that. And let's see, the SEC, what else is going on? Oh, yeah, 2024 SEC schedule has come out. It's not really a schedule in terms of dates, but all the teams know who they're going to play. It's interesting because Texas and Oklahoma are coming in, and every team in the SEC will have to face either Texas or Oklahoma. And it looks like Georgia particularly is getting the short end of the stick. They have to play both Alabama and Texas. Their first year in the league. Well, look, look at that schedule this year. Listen, they're getting a break this year. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This is going to That's right. Tech is always the last game. So yeah. Or Auburn, because Auburn is usually their last, uh, is usually their last uh, right. SEC. But, you know, we'll see. But even with Auburn, I mean, I don't think that that's going to happen to them. But, man, you you go over to 2024, I think that's why the league kind of gave them that schedule. Because they know what's coming in 2024. And I think it's at Alabama. I think that game is at in Tuscaloosa. Um... I don't know what the Texas game would be. Probably in in Athens, but I'm not sure. But man, you you talking about a, a brutal schedule, and then don't let Texas actually be pretty good in the SEC, and and finally understand uh, how this thing works there. Yeah, I think Georgia is going to be in for a rude awakening in 2024, simply because no Vanderbilt. Yeah, I mean yeah. they are all. I mean they always say okay. You know, at least we got Vanderbilt. At least that's a, at least that's a win for us. But again, twenty twenty four, you lost the Commodore. So really, it is just absolutely horrendous what they have got. Uh, let's see. I'm looking here. Okay, here it is. Okay, they've got. Well, they do. Also, remember last year they had those specialty, those first season games. You know, the the or yes, and yes, they beat up on Oregon, but they still had it. So this year was kind of like okay, we had these special games. We're going to get rid of them. Uh, we had Oklahoma scheduled. We're going to get rid of those. Um, I'm looking at this right now. It's home. Let's see. It's home with Auburn, Mississippi State, Tennessee. Only three true home games simply because they got to go to Florida. You know, Florida's the home game for them. And then road games with Kentucky, Ole Miss, Texas, and Alabama. So they got at Texas and at Alabama. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they and they get Clemson. They also play Clemson at Mercedes Benz. Yeah, no telling where Clemson's going to be playing. That means if Georgia makes it to the national championship this year, they've earned it. 
Yeah, next season. I mean, look, it's a, it's a, as long as they get good quarterback play, they're in this season. I think quarterback is really they've got some really good, some really talented kids. I think this might be the year that Brock Vandergriff is going. I don't know if they're going to go with Brock or maybe hold him till twenty twenty four. But wow, if I'm if I'm Brock Vandergriff, yeah, if I'm Brock Vandergriff, I'm looking at this twenty twenty four schedule. And if you're a competitor, you're salivating. You want this. You want if you're if you're like a Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant, if you've got that edge, you want to play the tough teams. You want to play the tough schedules. But, but man, this it this just seems to be an absolutely horrible, horrible, brutal schedule. I mean, it's going to be there is no cakewalk in this. You know, the only cakewalk, maybe, well, again, they, and their non other non conference, Tennessee Tech, UMass, and Tech. Yeah. But it still got Clemson. Yeah, it still got Clemson. So, I haven't seen a, a team with a schedule that difficult in quite some time. No, the SEC next season is going to be absolutely. 2024 is going to be. If you think it's bad now, it's going to get 10 times worse with, with, with Tennessee, you know, with Texas and Oklahoma. And let me look up. Let me look up uh, briefly. Uh, let me look up Alabama. I saw. You know what they saw for? Let's see. Alabama. Here's what the the Tide have. Okay. Well, the Tide. They're going to have games. They're actually the Tide in 2024. They'll have a game at Wisconsin. But they're going to get at home Auburn, Georgia, Missouri, South Carolina, road games at LSU, at Oklahoma, at Tennessee, at Vanderbilt. Alabama. They're at LSU, at Tennessee. At Oklahoma. At Oklahoma. Well, you know, Oklahoma, they always find themselves always at the at the top of that little food chain there. Yeah. Um Yeah. Okay. But I noticed they do got the tougher home games at home. Yes. The tougher games at home. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, Nick Saban is something, huh? Oh yes, <laughs> oh yes. So, and that game at Wisconsin—that's, I mean, yes, they're going to win, but it's going to be interesting to see them go up to Camp Randall. Right. I mean, right. you got to give, got to give him credit. He'll, I mean, he will travel. He will take his team uh, on the road into some tough places, and that's that's going to be an interesting game in in uh, 15, 16 months. With Alabama going up to Wisconsin, but again, we are about six weeks, five weeks from really the start of camp. Uh, four weeks, I think, maybe from when things are getting going. So, we're as I said, we're getting close to the fallow period, where the thoughts go to football slowly but surely. And uh, next week, I'm sure we'll have more college fo- uh, football talk. We'll also talk NBA draft, and we'll see if any other teams get picked over, like a. Uh, the Trey Young, I mean, next week, we didn't t- talk about Trey Young. I'll, I'll leave him for next week. But there are some rumblings that he may be on the way out uh, from Atlanta. Fun, and I don't, fun, fun prediction. Yes. Fun prediction, guys. Yes, so we'll see. If, how, how long does it take before we're talking about the USFL and XFL? As a normal time. How, how, how long do you think it's going to take? I don't know. I think this year, I think this seasons were steps in the right direction. 
I think uh, they're they're getting there, but they have to be given uh, the room to grow. And ten years. Daniel says ten years, but again, you know, hey, the the uh, PGA Tour is merging with Fifty Four Golf, so who knows? So who knows what's going to happen? All right, that's going to wrap it up for this hour. I'm John Morgan with Daniel and Leon. Thank you so much. Again, we're going to go Zoom next week again as I'll be here in Henderson with my mom helping her out. And uh, thank you so much for listening to us. And again, we'll see you next time on The Last Three Guys to Do a Podcast. Have a good night.